Welcome to the Mindset Mashup. I'm your host, Michelle Sorrow, TV host on Extra, master brand strategist, author on gratitude, and co-founder of Mindset Programs. And I dig deep to bring you closer to your best life in this lively, unfiltered, and heart-centered podcast. The Mindset Mashup is a compilation of real talks focused on epic mindset rituals and routines to help you get after your passion and potential. Tune in each Monday for inspirational guests who reveal their mindset must to help you optimize what matters most, self-love, impact, fulfillment. I'm so excited that you're here. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mindset Mashup. I'm really excited for today. And here's why we've got master coach, keynote speaker, global phenomenon, and just best-selling author, an amazing human, Christine Hassler is on the show today. And this one is yummy. It's provocative. It's juicy. It's sexy. It's real. It's raw. She goes into unprecedented territory and we talk about what it takes to really own our feminine strength and power by not being afraid to talk about what really sort of turns us on, lights us up, how to get in our bodies and truly optimize that pleasure center within each and every one of us so that we can begin to create this dynamic desire that then will match up with either our relationship that we're currently in or that one that we would like to call forward. And it allows for us to just open up our minds and bodies to to this concept of real intimacy and the power of what that can truly be and how juicy it really is. So this is one of those conversations that's super adult. It's super real and I think it's needed. And what I love is that she's having these conversations now. I mean, she plans on it going forward. I was the first. That means you got it here first. But um, it's really inspired by her getting prepared for calling in a relationship that is the one. And she's now experiencing this with her partner, Steph. And you can hear more about her and Steph's journey and the unpacking of that on her own podcast called Over It and On With It, which I'll make sure is in our show notes here because I love for you to listen to that episode that was just released a couple days ago if you're listening in real time. But this is just a really special, sacred conversation for me. I absolutely have loved her for a long time from afar. I've been a real fan. And now I just feel more connected to her, like a kindred spirit type of connection. And I'm just honored that she shared her time. She shared her heart. She shared her wisdom. And she's just going there with us. So I I just really know you're going to enjoy this too. And without further ado, please meet Christine Hassler. Welcome back to the Mindset Mashup. I am so thrilled and honored. Christine Hassler, welcome to the podcast. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. I can already tell this is going to be a juicy one. It's going to be an exciting one. Like I'm smiling ear to ear. I got the chills up and down my body like truth bumps because I'm like, oh, they have no idea what's coming. It's going to be so good. All right. Well, let's give you a brief introduction for someone in the planet who might not be aware of you, but most of my listeners are very much in this space of personal development, self-help coaching world. And so, you know, they're going to be very, very excited that you're here. Mm. But for those who are maybe unaware, I'm going to read a a brief bio. So Christine Hassler is the best-selling author of three books, most recently, Expectation Hangover, Free Yourself from Your Past, Change Your Present, and Get What You Really Want. She left her successful job as a Hollywood 
creative agent to pursue a life she could be passionate about. For over a decade as a keynote speaker, retreat facilitator, spiritual psychologist, and life coach, and host of the top-rated podcast, Over It and On With It, she's been teaching and inspiring people around the world. Christine believes once we get out of our own way, we can show up to make the most meaningful impact that we're truly here to make. Today, Christine leads seminars and workshops to audiences around the country and world, by the way. She's spoken to over 100,000 people at colleges, personal growth events, conferences, and corporations. And to say that I'm excited to have you here is just an understatement. <laughs> so welcome again. Uh, the excitement is mutual. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, you know what? We're going to dive on in because it's so funny, you guys. Um, Christine and I were having this brief chat before I hit record and I'm like, so are you talking about your boyfriend publicly? She's like, yes. And we're like, let's go there because yes, you've been this prolific master life coach since 2004. We have all these amazing friends in common, which believe me, I would love to dive into. But the fact that you've been in this work so deeply and so profoundly and impacting, you know, obviously over 100,000 people, that's just in person, millions and millions and millions around the world. What I think is most exciting for me to be an avid fan and, and listener of your podcast is to watch your love life unfold with such transparency and enthusiasm and passion. And <laughs> everything about your message is taking a new turn and it's deeper, more passionate, more provocative. And I thought, you know what? There's so many single people listening to this podcast. I'm single. Let's let this be a little science project of getting <laughs> underneath the mindset that allowed you to get here, how you got here and where you're going, which who knows, but like, this is just right. The stuff that lights us up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and this is exciting because, well, first of all, I just love your enthusiasm. I feel so honored. And this is the first time I've talked publicly about it. So oh my you're, the, you're the, you're the first person to, to interview me and, and talk to me about this. So it's, it's exciting. Cause I, you know, I've told my story of, you know, tough stuff as a kid, being an overachiever, compensating for massive insecurity with, with being a high achiever and working in Hollywood and losing everything in my twenties. And, and, and that, that's still an important part of my journey. But the thing that has really been one of my greatest, greatest, greatest teachers is love and relationship. Mm. So, you know, to have been broken up with by my fiance six months before our wedding, which was a huge gift to me because that really motivated my first book and set me on my path. And then to get married two years later and to go, oh, look, like I got dumped, but I found the love of my life. And then to get divorced four to five years after that and be 31, 32 going, oh, wow. Like here I was, you know, the person who reinvented myself on the love of my life. And now I'm going through a divorce and walking through that and then spending almost nine years, like super single, like, like, <laughs> like real single, like almost non-single. So <laughs> I relate. I have not been on a date since December. It is now mm. almost September and it will be September when this goes on, when it gets released, but I'm so okay with that. Yeah. But still there's something to be said for super single. So I hear yeah. you loud and clear and I know many do. Yeah. And you know what? And, and I want to say two things about that. You know, I look at you, I, 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 I know what you look like. I know your work, know who you are. And you think, gosh, how is, how is she still single? Right. And, and I know a lot of listeners feel that way too. It's like on some level, you know, you're a catch and you kind of are like, why, why, why am I still single? And, and here's the other thing. Like I, I really said that I was happy being single and, 
and in so many ways I was, and it was important for me not to be in a relationship because I had a, a deeper level of work to get to inside myself. But there is a shift that I eventually made a couple years ago where I just acknowledged that, yes, I'm content and I love my life and I'm not going to suffer, but I want a relationship. Mm-hmm. And let me be really clear about that. And here's, and here's the kind of relationship that I want. So am I happy being single? I'm, I'm accepting of it, but it wasn't my preference for a long time. So in the last couple of years, when I got even more clear and okay with, you know what, I don't want to do the single thing for the rest of my life. I don't want to keep wearing this like sign that says I'm whole and complete and happy on my own <laughs> because, <laughs> because in a way that wasn't totally authentic. Mm-hmm. Like I, I really wanted what I call sacred union. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to, cause I think that there's there's such deep work that we can do not in relationship because number one, we, we don't have the, the trigger of relationship and we have the time right. to be self-reflective and to be self-honoring to, and to be selfish. And I don't think selfish is a terrible word. And we reach a point where we want that mirror and we want that reflection. And I think a lot of people, especially women, we get kind of tripped up because the advice is, well, you just have to feel whole and complete and totally content with your life on your own. And then that's what you attract from. But I think it's also important to have the longing and to have that desire be okay. Yes. You spoke about that actually in one of your most recent episodes. And by the time this airs, you'll probably be up to like 160 or maybe 158 or whatever. But I think it was 154. Um, I could be wrong. I'll find out. (laughs) But it was something around, you know, being single and having dates with yourself. And you're like, and not just any dates. It's one thing to like, you know, do the self-care thing, but you're like, like actually getting in touch with your sensuality. And I was driving to go pick up dog food um, for my little pup. And I listened to that and I was like, She's so right. Like it's one thing to like imagine and visualize and even write out qualities that you know you'd like him to have. But if you can't make space in your sensuality, you know, in your body, and you even talked about, you know, pleasuring yourself and you give everyone like a preface of like, listen, if this bothers you, you might want to take a look at why. And maybe this is an invitation to listen even more deeply. And and I love that because I'm like, why are we so afraid to talk about these things? And why are we in a rush to get to the climax? Right. Which by the way, could be a microcosm of are you in a rush just to get to the quote relationship? Right. Exactly. Like the marriage, you know, have the wedding date, or do you want to really enjoy the process? The process. And yeah. that's what you're inviting us to really be open to. And it just, it opened my mind and my heart up and my body to a whole another level. So yep. I just was like, oh yeah, let's go there. Oh, and there's so many ways we can go with this, Michelle, because the other thing, and Steph, that's my partner and I, we're going to start talking about a new way to, to define masculine and feminine. Because as a entrepreneur, successful I'll say ambitious and driven woman, I was told so much, well, you're too and you're masculine. That's why you don't have a man. And I know women get that advice. And so women are like, okay, well, I don't want to be my masculine. I'll be my feminine, but I love my career and I love going out and doing things. And I, I, I like this aspect of me. And so what, what I started to really explore, and I've, I had, I've had different coaches and different work that I've done around this, and we can talk about what exactly I've done, is, you know, part of getting in our feminine is getting in our bodies and getting in our pleasure and getting in our sensuality. So a lot of women think, oh, okay, in order to be feminine, I need to not lead and I need to stop being masculine. Stop thinking about what you need to stop doing and start thinking about what you need to start doing Mm. or what you desire to start doing. Because when I started to get more into my pleasure and my desire and even made even my, made my own self-pleasure. And I had a coach that really helped me with, with this, not be so 
result driven, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. that was a very masculine approach to even self pleasure. <laughs> but really, like, took myself on a date, set the stage, would light candles for myself and put on music and take a bath and put on, you know, a nightgown that felt really good or lingerie or whatever it was and, and have that build up and take that time and, and learn how to find all the ways that I found pleasure, not just sexually, but just, just in, in the, eating a piece of chocolate, whatever it was. And I just slowed down and I enjoyed, I enjoyed my body more in all aspects. And that really helped me lean more into my feminine energy and that inner conflict of, well, so do I need to work less? Do I need to not make decisions? Do I need to be less driven? That inner conflict went away. And you know what? my business became even more successful, mm-hmm. not because I was not trying to be masculine, but because I was really more embodied as a woman. Yes. Did that make sense what I totally, said? Totally, yes. Okay. I mean, just to kind of cliff notes it from my perspective, it was instead of chunking away and, and thinking that you had to delete or edit out, you were in fact expanding and making space for so much more. Exactly. And, and really it being an, a, a reflection of a desire and a fantasy that can totally happen, but it's a conditioning. So it's like going back to those examples that you gave, it's like, okay, what could that look like? Lighting candles, maybe, you know, buying a nightgown or some lingerie or, you know, setting the stage with music, whatever it is that lights up your senses in that way where you move a little bit more slow or eat the chocolate with more, you know, enjoyment, just enjoy it. Yeah. Or even being like when I would go out with my girlfriends, being more physical with them, you know, mm-hmm. giving each other a hug, you know, it's like sitting closer together. It's stroking their arm lightly, just like, like we used to do when we were little girls. If you mm-hmm. watch little girls play, we're very affectionate with each other. That's mm-hmm. just that's just in our nature. So it's just these little things that are, I think so many women try to be feminine by deflating their masculine. And again, stop, stop trying to be a man and just be more of a woman. Mm-hmm. And And I love my masculine side. But what I've noticed is that I didn't trust my feminine as much as I do now. Like I didn't trust that I could really kind of surrender and let go because so much of why, okay, so let's talk about why we as women are masculine sometimes. I mean, the basic answer is it's straight up adaptive. If any species going into an environment will see what works, will see what keeps the species alive and adapt to it. So women, as we've gone into the workforce, as we've gone more into society, we see that kind of the more masculine way and men ruled the workforce for thousands of years. So we had to adapt. And so a lot of our masculine behavior has become adaptive. And so it's hard to let go of because it's tied to our survival. And so part of what I had to understand about my feminine was how to really understand how I could rely on the feminine, how the feminine is really powerful, how my compassion and my creativity and my vulnerability and my receptivity, and and also like, I was just talking about this with Steph too. You know, the feminine gets this kind of reputation as just being in the flow. The masculine makes decisions and the feminine's like in the flow. And a lot of women are like, well, how am I going to get stuff done if I'm just like flowing through life? (laughs) And I disagree that the polarity is masculine makes decisions and feminine is flow. Flow state is feminine, but that's not the polarity of making decisions. The feminine expression of decisiveness is discernment. 
Mm. It just comes from a different place. So our masculine energy makes decisions from an external orientation. It evaluates the options. It makes a rational choice. And it says, I choose this. Feminine is just as quote unquote decisive, but it's from a place of intuition and discernment. Mm. You can be so in your feminine and so decisive, but it's coming from our incredible intuition and our credible sense of discernment. So I think if we can reorient ourselves to how powerful the feminine really is and how strong the feminine is. It's not just this flowy, creative like thing. It's also incredibly powerful and discerning and we can really trust it. Totally. So how did you know that it was time for you to tune into that part of yourself or really let her free? Oh gosh, the universe gave me a massive expectation hangover. <laughs> <laughs> so about, um, uh, let's see, June of last year, so June 2017, I had just finished six months of a, of a crazy time in my life. I'd moved to Encinitas. I was shooting a TV show. I had like three online courses. I was shooting like top four retreats. I was just working my tail off. And um, I just finished facilitating a retreat with my friend Aubrey Marcus in Austin. And I was sitting in his office and all of a sudden I started to feel very, very, very strange. Like almost like I felt like I was dying. It was, I couldn't explain or articulate in words what was happening. And upon reflection, what was happening is I was coming out of fight or flight. Like my nervous system had been so highly charged for not just those six months, but for, for many decades. <laughs> and I physically, my body started kind of just shutting down on me. And for a year, I had kind of physical symptom after physical symptom that brought me to my knees. And they were, they were random things that nobody could figure out and kind of, it just moved from one area of my body to the next. And it was really, really scary. I was living alone. I had, I was new to Encinitas. Um, and so I didn't have my tribe and I really, really had to surrender. And because I, I, it's like, I couldn't work. I couldn't do anything. I, I, I almost, I wasn't debilitated. That's, that's too strong of a word. And I still did work. I still got the podcast out and things like that, but I, I couldn't be generative. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't really go into that masculine energy of drive, mm. push, drive, push. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't want to say wise enough, experienced enough to know that when the universe is, is delivering an expectation hangover and is making things difficult, the best thing to do is to move into acceptance and go, all right, I really don't like this, but I will go with it. I will, I will surrender. And you know, six months later, I actually got kicked out of the home I was living in, like my dream home. And it was like, all right, so physically I'm not strong and I'm just being kicked out of my home, which was my, my little cocoon <laughs> for all of this. Now what? And just intuitively I heard again, like surrender more, surrender more. Like, and I said, okay, what does surrender look like? And it looked like not signing a lease, like go, go with the flow, see where you're led, surrender more, surrender more. So it was a massive process of letting go of control. Because that was the other thing that was really important for me in calling in relationship. I wanted a conscious man and I wanted a masculine man. And I had a limiting belief that I could either have a conscious man who was maybe a little feminine <laughs> yep. or I could have a super alpha man, but who wasn't as conscious. Right. And I wanted both. And um, so I really had to learn how to let go of control and practice what it feels like to be led in a really healthy way 
by being led by the universe. Mm. And then that level of surrender opened up to me, like the deeper work of like where I felt, because when things started to go with, with my body, I was like, I'm a healthy person. I, I, I've worked through my emotional layers. Like where, where is there still a block? And for me, it was around sexuality. Mm. It was around really not feeling safe, satisfied, or really connected to myself as a sexual being. I felt like I got the mindset down. I got the emotions down. My spiritual practice was there. My health was getting back on track. What was my body trying to tell me? And, and it just directed me there. And once I realized that, and I knew that, like I had done some Tantra, I had dealt with some of my sexual trauma, but it was sort of, I dabbled, like I did enough to think, oh, I did something, right. <laughs> but I hadn't, I hadn't really just totally dove into it. And as soon as I got to that awareness, the right teacher showed up. And that really was kind of what took me the rest of the way. And the right teacher being your boyfriend, Steph? No, no, no. He, he, so I, I found, um, so the people that I worked with specifically on this, they have a site called Sextraordinary Living and their names are Heike and Jonathan and they were referred to me, two of my friends. It's, it's, it's always like when I truly believe when, when you have an internal insight and you are willing to, you're like, okay, I'm ready to look at something. I'm ready to deal with something. Because like I said, I knew sexuality was a thing for me that I didn't feel completely like I had that down, right? Mm -hmm. That I felt like satisfied and safe and content and all that. And I knew I still had some pain around that. And like I said, I had done Tantra. I'd done some pelvic floor therapy, things like that, some somatic work. But there was a level I was feeling like I was missing. And quite frankly, I didn't want to go there. <laughs> you know, like I didn't, I didn't want to go there. But I knew that that was super important to me. And I think also intuitively, I knew that for the kind of relationship I wanted to call in, this was really an important piece, you know? Mm. And so two of my friends, kind of they both showed up around the same time and this, this referral came in. And, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Yep. And so I started to do in-person work with them. And I was really ready. Like I said, I'd done a lot of other work. And started to learn more about sensuality and pleasure and where I was still holding a lot of pain in my body. And, and for women too, surrender goes, it is so, is so tied to how free we feel sexually. Mm -hmm. Because for us to really feel satisfied sexually and to kind of reach that place of orgasm where it's like a heart, a heart and soul orgasm, not just a physical mm -hmm. orgasm, we have to surrender. We have to completely let go mm. physically, emotionally, and mentally. And for today's woman who is, you know, raising kids and has a job and, 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 and I'm talking to women in relationship too. I, I talk to so many women who aren't satisfied sexually in their relationships. Yeah. Really reach that point. We have to let go mind, body, soul. And that requires so much trust. You know, I, that's, that's a really scary thing, especially if there's been abuse, especially if there's been eating disorders, especially if there's been body shame, especially if there's been anyone that's ever criticized us, especially if we've ever had sex with somebody we didn't want to have sex with. You know, there's so much that we store as women that has to do with our sexuality. So I, I, I said a lot in that, so I'll shut up. And like, no, you ask me no, no, but it's so good because every single part of this, I'm like, yep, me, 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 me. And as I'm nodding and I'm getting like the truth pumps all over, I'm like, yep. And so is everybody listening. And by the way, this is not just for women. This is yeah. for men too, right? And that's what I know. I'm sure you and your, your man stuff are going to be, you know, yeah. lighting the path on um, as two true warriors for this, because there needs to be a liberation and a freedom that allows us 
to first talk about it because it's a topic that people are getting comfortable with. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what I love that you're blazing this trail right now because you're so in it. So you have to be the one. But it's like getting those anchors for, okay, so let's just say the women that are in relationship because I think sometimes they're overlooked as like, okay, well, they've got a relationship, but sometimes they're the least sexually satisfied of, totally. of, of all the demographics. And at least all my friends that are married, and especially the ones that have kids, um, whether they're in their 30s, 40s or whatever, um, and especially getting older. But um, it's like, how would you recommend they even begin to get access? Like if they don't have these mentors or these wonderful coaches to go to, and they haven't tried like tantric sex or it's just been not something that they've opened themselves up to. Right. What would be a recommended first step so that they could even know what it's like to give space and a willingness to invite it in? Yeah. Well, first is to look at what makes you uncomfortable about it, right? Mm, so totally. even something like Tantra, people associate that with crazy sex positions. In all my Tantra teaching, it was never really about sex. It's, it's more about, it's, it's running sexual energy. And yes. that doesn't necessarily mean sex. That just means, you know, you, you, we're, we're, we all are sexual beings. Like it's basic anatomy. We mm-hmm. all have it. And so it's, 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 it's an energy more than it is anything else. So I would say first, like, be, be honest with yourself about where sexuality, your body makes you uncomfortable. Like, where's the shame? Mm-hmm. Because I, won't, I don't want to say we all have it because I don't like to make massive generalizations, but gosh, I'm working with thousands of people at this point. I'd say most of us have some body or sexual shaming. So, you know, kind of look at backtrack and look at your, the development of your sexuality. You know, what was, what was puberty like for you? What was your first sexual experience like for you? What did you believe about your body? We all have a story about um, our own sexuality. That's truly just a story Hmm. because the truth is we all are sexual beings and we all are entitled to massive pleasure and enjoying our sex life. There's nothing wrong with any of our bodies. You know, I've learned that about my body. You know, I used to think, oh, well, I'm just not, you know, that orgasmic or whatever. Like, it's just the way I'm built. I have a tilted uterus. You know, I'd make all these excuses. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love the freedom in which I'm able to talk about this now. It's so awesome. but I, but there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with my body. There's nothing wrong with your body, whoever's. <laughs> so it's just a story. It's just a story because part of my story was I had delayed puberty. I was put on hormones. I, you know, was told blah, 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 blah. So the first step would be just look at your story and know it's a story and have so much compassion because how we, we bring the light to the shame is we take the judgment off of it. Mm. Don't make ourselves wrong because that just adds to the shame. So that, that would be the first step. And then the second step would be stop blaming. So first one is stop shaming. Second is stop blaming. Mm-hmm. Don't blame your husband or your partner or whoever you're with, because all that's going to do is just create more resistance. And all that's going to do is prevent, prevent intimacy. So instead of, instead of blaming anyone else, start to reconnect yourself. And that would be the third thing that I'd say is to stop blaming and start to reconnect yourself. And what we were talking about earlier, go back to pleasure, go back to pleasure. And, you know, so many, I think a big reason that a lot of women don't feel sexually fulfilled is because we put ourselves last and we're not in our bodies. We're in our heads. We're in our to-do lists. You know, women are these incredible multitaskers and we can keep a gazillion things in our head and and men can too. I mean, we think we're all in our head, but how do you get back in your body? 
you know, a big, this has all been a journey for me. You know, it started with, gosh, 10, maybe more, 15 years ago, probably going to an ecstatic dance class with Hmm. a friend that I met in some workshop and just being so out of my comfort zone. And ecstatic dance is, there's, there's no nudity or anything like that. It's just like a open dance class. That's not a bar. It's just tribal music. And it's like a kind of personal growth event, but you're dancing. I've tried and, that. I was completely out of my comfort yeah, zone. Again. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. Now I love it. You know, now oh, I, of course. Oh, I love that. <laughs> so it's like, what, what's just something, you know, you don't have to jump right to, I'm going to study Tantra. What's something that's a little bit of a stretch, but not too scary because be gentle. You know, our sexuality is a tender place, getting back in our body, especially if we've had any abuse or any trauma or just, just being in a human body is hard sometimes. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, don't feel like you have to go all the way to step 10. Start at step one. Maybe, you know, getting a massage from someone that's the opposite sex. Yes. Um, going, and, going and doing S-factor pole dancing or any kind of dance class. Um, any, any belly dancing, just, just anything that's getting you back in your body, going and putting your feet in the grass or the sand, um, slowing down, doing breath work, doing yoga, all those kinds of things are a really good start. But it comes to, in your words, Cliff Note, your, my answer to your question, it really comes to coming back into yourself totally, and not looking for anything out there to change it for you. But that's the end of anything when it comes to personal growth. <laughs> oh, I know, right? You're always getting, you know, if you're looking outside of yourself and you miss the whole point, it's like it's always just looking in the mirror. And in this case, what I love is that everything that you've pointed to in the pleasure of the reconnection to yourself, which is step three, if we were looking at this in some sort of order, is really connecting with your physical body. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, because like for yoga, for example, for me, when I get connected to my breath, the pranayama, and, and I match it with movement, I feel so beautiful, yeah. you know, or when I lay in the sun and I'm in a bathing suit and I can hear the waves and feel the sand in my, you know, in my feet, I feel so connected to myself. So it's just like, yeah, looking for those resources and having a toolbox so that you can have something to go to every day. Yeah, it's huge. And I, women, and, and I see this a lot with women who are attracted to the personal growth industry, do very well at the upper chakras getting in our heart, getting into our intuition, getting into our spiritual practice. But we can't forget about the lower chakras. And chakras, we have seven energy chakras in our body. They're they're energetic systems starting at like our perineum, our tailbone, going all the way up to the crown of our head. And the root chakras, like our our sexuality chakras, our tribal chakras, the things that ground us and bring us into the earth. And I see, and I love the personal development industry. I do love it. And I see a lot of spiritual bypass. I see a lot of, let me just go into my heart. Let me go into my head. But what about the body? Let me bypass all the chakras and go right up to the purple crown chakra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let me have that one. I want a bunch of crystals and malas, all rose quartz, <laughs> whatever. But we got to get in the mud, you know, yes. with both with our emotions and our physicality. So getting in the body is a big one. And, and, and I won't say it's easy because it can be painful because once we go into the body, our psyche, our unconscious is like, oh, she's back or he's back. He's in the body. All right. So here's some feelings for you. You know, so a big part of liberating myself sexually was also going into, and I've done a lot of emotional work, release work, but there was more that I held, you know, even in my body. And it was about getting that out as well. But I have found you know, especially because so many people, you know, it's like, it's, it's easy to kind of ignore 
our sexuality and our sex life because we can get, we're so busy, right? We're so busy. And it's like, it's harder to ignore our, you know, our physical health. You know, it's like, all right, I got to go to the gym. I got to eat well, those kind of things. Cause we can see it. We can see when we're not doing that. And we, we feel it, we feel lethargic, all those kind of things. Um, it's harder to ignore to-do lists. It's like these reminders are in our face, but we can, we can, we can go without sex. You know, we can still survive. Mm-hmm. But then when we start reconnecting to it and we realize the power of it, it's like, oh, wow, how did I miss this? And I think, you know, and again, talking to a lot of people that have been in long-term relationships or even myself when I was single and I had lovers here and there, little relationships here and there, but they weren't ever that satisfying. And, you know, I think part of um, my physical breakdown was my body going, wait, you need this energy. Like Mm -hmm. you've been depleted you've been starved on some level. And this is really, really important. And I, I've talked to couples who, you know, people listening may say, oh, it's easy for you to say you're in a new relationship. And I, and I realize that, but it's, it's a conversation Steph and I have about how do we, you know, keep the, the sexual energy alive years down the road. And so we talk to a lot of couples who are successful at that. And it's a couple things. It's, it's one, you, you, keep, you keep connected to yourself because I think a lot of times when we get into a partnership, it's like, oh, I have a partnership. I have this other person to satisfy me sexually. Like I'll just rely on them and us. And we disconnect from our own sensuality and sexuality. Mm, So good. Yes. Because we have to keep that alive. Right. That's what drew them to us in the first place. Exactly. Okay. So I want to go back to that. So, so you have the physical breakdown, which is a true breakthrough. And that's exactly what you teach all the time. You go through this extraordinary living coursework with your friends and then where and how do you become ready for Steph and how do you meet? Mm-hmm. Well, I think I was, you know, ready for him for a while. Um, he just, you know, and that's the thing. If you're calling in a relationship, you've got to keep the other person's timing in mind as well. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so he had some things to handle. Um, and so, you know, I, I really felt ready when I felt, it was like I felt this longing and this knowing with no suffering. And I also felt completely ready to have it not look like I thought it was going to look. I felt, I felt like I didn't need to control it. I felt surrendered. That's how I really knew. I felt surrendered to, okay, universe and my soul, I'm open to whatever is for my highest good. Whoever is for my highest good. I'm tearing up my lists yep. of every, all my qualities and my vision board and all that stuff. <laughs> and I'm completely surrendering this. And I'm going to really stand in my values and what's true for me and my desires. And I'm going to let it show up. I'm going to, do, I'm going to stop swiping. I'm going to stop reading dating advice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to stop all of that. And I'm going to allow it to happen. Question. Hold on. Okay. So when you talk about you, you know, got rid of the vision board, you ripped up the list, but you still got in touch with your desires. So did you still have some sort of like a little short list of yeah. like must-haves or you really just let it all go, but you were just aware of a desire of wanting to be in a union with a conscious masculine man? Uh, yes. I got in a attunement with my desire of how I wanted to feel. Mm, I love that. How I wanted to feel. So instead of being, I want to, instead of like, you oh, know, I love that. saying, I want to be in sacred union with the conscious man. Yeah. Those are the words, but the feeling is I want to feel seen. I want to mm. feel totally. Cause what happened, you know, that's another way I knew I was 
ready, as I really started to see myself, Michelle, like mm-hmm. really started to see myself fully. And, um, and I, I, so I, I started to get into how I wanted to feel. I want to feel seen. I want to feel safe. I, I, I wanted, I had so much to give. Mm-hmm. Like that's the other thing. I felt all this love kind of oozing for me, for the world, for my clients. And I wanted to give that to someone else. I wanted to feel challenged in a, in a growth way. I wanted to feel um, desired and I wanted to desire. I wanted to feel turned on mentally, sexually, physically, all those things. I wanted to feel like I could share my life with someone and flow through life in a similar way. And most of all, I wanted to feel home. Mm-hmm. I wanted that, and that was another thing I learned in my journey of not having a physical home. Like really, I think it's as women, you know, safety is a big thing for us. Yes. And feel, and that's how we, you know, it's, it's so funny because for us to surrender, we have to feel safe. <laughs> so, so it's like, it's <laughs> and like. in order to feel safe, you need to surrender. It's right, like, right. you know, you got to just do them both. And exactly. Just have faith, yeah. It, but, but safety is something we can quote unquote control, right? right. A little more because. Right. If we create that internal feeling of safety inside ourselves, and we do that by connecting to our own inner wisdom, right? Our own inner masculine in a lot of ways, when we really feel like we have our own back um, and we feel that safety. And, and I think that that's why I'm so passionate about teaching deep emotional release work. You know, that's why I do my signature retreat every year with women is because when women can go into their anger and their rage and their pain and their tears and their grief and see that they can come out the other side, and see that there's a part of them going through the experience, but there's this other part that's holding them through it, mm. then we start to feel safe inside. Because the thing that scares us most about surrender is our emotions. Like opening Pandora's box and being like, oh, whoa, there's a lot in there. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot in there. There is a Wait, lot. stuff it back down. <laughs> I know, but don't, but don't. Right. That's our passion and that's our creativity and that's, that's how we give to the world. And, and honestly, that's what men, you know, if we're talking about heterosexual relationships, and I think this works in, in homosexual relationships, it, it's so hard because it's, you know, I, I feel like we're just souls and whatever gender we identify with doesn't really matter. But right. traditional heterosexual relationships, when we're talking about that, men love that. Men love the, the wild, not the hot mess, but the woman, <laughs> the woman who's free. And a woman who's free is a woman who is, has access to her deepest emotions. Mm. Yes, that authenticity, that passion, that self-confidence, and that just, yeah, that sense of freedom and surrender, which is so beautiful. Oh my goodness. Okay, so you've prepared for him. You've gotten in touch with your desires. And you also knew that like, there was a longing, but you were content. Like you'd come to the holy grail, right? Of where we would all hope to be. But but that's like what I would say because I feel like that's what I'm preparing for and I might mm-hmm. really be there as well. But some might not be conscious to that, but hopefully this is already shining some light on what's possible. But then had you already met him or did you come across no. him? Okay, because I realized his timing was working itself out. <laughs> okay, so where do you meet first? So yes, I got to this point where I felt really free, really home, really safe, very surrendered, very unattached, but, uh, and also clear. I want and desire sacred union and I, I want and desire a man. <laughs> and I really like was enjoying myself and my life at the same time. So mm-hmm. those two are no longer mutually exclusive. Right. And I let go of the panic around timing and when is he going to get here and the constant, is that him? Is that him? And searching and, you know, cause that's kind of the masculine approach is the looking and the looking and the pursuing. So 
to make this full circle, and we're doing a podcast about this, so I don't know if mine will come out before this or, or this one will, but we're going to do a podcast together about how we met and the whole story. So the longer version will be there. <laughs> I know you guys uh, teased about that when you first introduced him to your podcast a few weeks ago. And I'm like, where is it? Where yes, is it? Yes. Not this Saturday, but next Saturday. It's okay. Okay. Out, so September or whatever that is, 8th. Oh, actually, um, that will come out two days before this will come out. So we'll oh, make perfect. sure to redirect back. It's like, hey, for the full scoop. For the full scoop. Yeah. Yeah. So the short story is remember how. I said I was kicked out of my country. Yes. What happened? Were they selling it or something? Eventually she did. She didn't tell me that, but it was, it was a situation with the landlord that was like another one of those, um, at my grad school, the university of Santa Monica, they call certain people stackers, like certain people that are just button pushers <laughs> that are there to illuminate deeper lessons. So, um, yeah, it was just it was just a very strange, weird situation. It wasn't in alignment. The universe took care of it for me, <laughs> but 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 again, my control and my wait, this isn't what I want. Um, so anyway, I was quote unquote homeless, and in May, I my friends they were living in a house, and they said, "Hey, we're moving out in June. Why don't you come over and take a look at our place and see if you like it?" Because I'd been to their house, but I hadn't really looked at it from the perspective of do I want to live there, right? And so I'm at their house and I brought them over dinner and we're sitting there chatting and they're happy. They're working with this startup company. And the, my friend Akira, the man said, Hey, I'm doing some website design for this company. I need a picture of someone sitting and looking at the screen. Like I was using the website. So can I use the back of your head as a model? So I'm like, sure. I'm always happy to model. <laughs> so I sit, I sit at the computer and um, there's eight different people on the screen. And these were all people that were involved with the company. And this one man his picture. And there are eight people, eight different headshots. And they're all men actually, maybe one woman. And this one picture just jumps out at me. And I said, Hey, who's that? I know him. And they said, no, I don't think you do. He lives in Perth. And I'm like, well, I've been, I just was in Australia. Cause I always had this massive pull to Australia, hmm. but I just gotten back from there. And I said, maybe I met him there. And they said his name and what he did. And I'm like, and I looked at his site and I'm like, no, I haven't met him, but I feel like I know him. And Renee, my, the, the woman said, Oh my gosh. I wonder if he's single. Let me find out. Oh my gosh. And I said to her, don't just find out if he's single. I've dated a lot of quote unquote single men. <laughs> and <laughs> I want emotionally available, ready for like divine union kind of single. Because <laughs> so, that was the other thing, Michelle. I kept dating these men who would be clear about where they were. And, and me who teaches on my podcast, you can't change people, would think, oh, well, I, I just wouldn't hear it, right? <laughs> And, you mean when uh, he says he's open to it, which means right, right. not, right? right That's exactly. a clear no, but women exactly. still hear that as, oh, but he hasn't had me yeah, yet. Yeah, right. let's see where this goes. You know, let's take it one day at a time. Right, I'll be cool. I'll be cool. Oh, my God. Yeah, oh, my God. It's, it's like if you are really clear that you are wanting a monogamous, committed relationship now with a potential for a future, and he says he's open or interested for the right person, it's a no. It's you know, it's because men are pretty clear. We just don't hear them. They're super clear. Yeah. And a man is pretty clear. <laughs> and you feel it. You yes. feel clarity. Yes. And um, so anyway, she reached out to him. Yes, he was single. It turned out by chance that we both were going to be in the same country in Europe at the same time. Oh, over the wow. summer. So, because I was hesitant at first because Australia is super long distance. <laughs> and, um, <Yeah. laughs> and I just gotten back from there. So anyway, the introduction was made. And he was the one to pursue. He was the one to leave me a voice memo from the get-go. 
Mm. He was, he showed up, he was clear. There was no games. He came up with the idea of every day we'd ask each other five questions. So he'd ask five questions, I'd answer, then he'd answer. And then the next day I'd, I'd write the questions. So we had a Mm. almost two month courtship over WhatsApp and FaceTime. (laughs) (laughs) And um, it was really interesting to have two months, especially with doing all this work on the physical level to have it set up in a way where for two months I, I had no choice but to get to know someone without the physical. Right. It's, it's a gift. It's a gift. Yes. It's truly a gift. Um, and he just really showed up. And then we met physically in Greece for the first was time. Was that just last month? Uh, it was July, beginning of July. So yeah, so this is, this, this is a new relationship. Yeah, it feels like lifetimes. Well, I get it. No, and honestly, you know, as we get a little bit older, you know, and I think I'm a little older than you, but it's like dog years. It's like, listen, you have this moment, but you've been preparing for it your whole life. And when you recognize it, you can run with that and just trust in that. You can. And that's the thing. And I think everyone listening, you can think about something that you're just super clear on. Yes. And there wasn't, a, and, and I think too, when we get to the point where we've done all this work, I don't understand people in their thirties and forties that need to date for two or three years. No, if they me want neither. To get married. Well, it's like, uh, how do you not know at this point? You, right. you, you either, and I did this, like I would know from the beginning, but I try to make it work and it never went well. And I knew I'd know when I felt like I was home. And from the moment I heard his voice and then physically when we met, it was like home. And it was like, there you are. So you guys met in Greece? Mm-hmm. I mean, what an epic place to meet. My goodness. Half Greek. <laughs> oh, well, he's gorgeous. I mean, he's absolutely stunning. I mean, we should almost just give him like a whole resource link. At this. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it, right? Because he is the epitome of what your desires were. The yeah. masculine conscious man who, yeah. by the way, was completely ready for you. And he's clear. I'm sure, yeah. Yeah. He's clear. And that's, that's why, you know, we haven't been apart since we met. Oh, wait. So you living together? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, so he's here in California. Yep. Oh my God. I yep. love it. So he yep. was willing to move yep. his little booty to the yep. States. Yep. Okay. Yep. This is on. Yep. Yep. And again, that's, that's, <laughs> and this is what I want to, you know, share with women too, is when, when a man is clear, there's no convincing that needs to happen. There's no games that need to be played. I had one of my friends who I was kind of telling her about the relationship. She's like, well, you know, make sure to let him lead. And I'm like, there's, there's, I don't even have to do that. Like, like he's just super clear. There's no kind of waiting to see what he's going to choose. I always know where he stands on anything. Mm. And when a man is really embodied in their masculine, you feel that. Now, he also is connected to his feminine, right? So he has emotional he has a high EQ and he is vulnerable with me and he can express. He's also masculine, which I need, right? Because I want that. I don't just need that. I want that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, you know, having had the difference of being with men who are, who are good men, but not clear in whether or not they want a commitment, who are right. still, because for men, they really battle the freedom thing. Right. You know, and again, we're making generalizations here, but generalizations happen because, you know, there's patterns that, that we, that, that we see and that we all play into. And there's such a, um, like, that's another way that I feel I can completely surrender and relax in this relationship is because I'm with someone where I know where he stands and he's super clear. And so his clarity really gives me the freedom to relax. And where, what I give him is a no judgment zone. And so in no judgment, he feels free to be vulnerable. 
Mm-hmm. And then that allows for his femininity to flow, right? And you can embrace that and receive that and not judge that or use it against him, right? In moments where you're feeling tight and closed off. Yes. And I think as a a lot of times as women, we emasculate men and that isn't because we're masculine. It's because we're so freaking hard on ourselves. Right. So we just leak that onto our, our, our husbands, our girlfriends, our children, whoever, whoever we're with, whoever we're around. But oftentimes it, it leaks out on our partner the most. So that's been another thing in my own journey is as I've been less judgmental of myself and more loving and accepting of myself, it's so much easier to be accepting of others and forgiving of others if we're forgiving of ourselves. It's so much easier. Okay, can I just ask the obvious question? Because now, now people are going to go and they're going to look at him and they're going to see his Instagram and the things that he's posting. And, and we're hearing your story of where you, know, you were super single. And not, yes, you were having some sex and all that, but now you're openly talking about you know, sensuality and pleasuring ourselves and not just for the destination, but for the journey and really enjoying that process. I mean, you went from like, for lack of a better term, like from zero to like, uh, not just 60, 120. What <laughs> What is Instagram post ooze? I mean, it's eroticism. It's, <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's borderline, you know, porn fantasy. I mean, it's, it, it really asks you to evaluate where you are with all this. And if you're uncomfortable, why? Or if, or if you're like a, I would say even me, I, I, I had a moment of like, oh, how could she really trust that? Yeah. And so this is, this is such a big one for me because what woman wouldn't be attracted to that? Mm-hmm. But you have to be a certain kind of woman to sustain that. And I want to talk about that here for a moment because I think a lot of us feel like we could get a certain guy, but it's keeping him with that no judgment and keeping that energy free and powerful. That's, I think, everything that this podcast could be the gift in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know what it is? It's just being yourself. Because, you know, for me, I'm thinking of some of the Instagram posts you're probably referring to. And well, even like the one of like yesterday, which by the time this airs will be like a hundred down. <laughs> but it's like a woman sitting on top of a man and they're naked and there's this beautiful energy flowing through and, and they're naked and it's hot, it's steamy, it's sexual. You know, I'm just like... And, and then, of course, he does this beautiful long essay about the master. Oh, yeah, I and, You know, yeah. <laughs> and, and so, you know, but so that kind of stuff, though, is so powerful. And we need to be talking about that. Yeah, we do, because that's the magic. That's the magic. And, and Jonathan and Heike, you know, my coaches are like most all problems between couples can be solved in the bedroom. And I'm not talking about having unconscious makeup sex. That's not what I'm talking about. Sometimes it's just laying in bed talking, you know, like let's just take the sex out of it. And, and, you know, just speaking to, to our relationship, you know, it's like the, the sides of him that I see, right. That aren't necessarily exposed publicly. It's like there, there's, there's, there's so much that I feel we give each other, permission to really see because we're just so ourselves. Yeah, we have this great chemistry and this really healthy, juicy sexual connection, but we're also super goofy (laughs) and and super nerdy and we love food and we love working out. We love traveling. You know, it's just like... I love hearing that. Oh my God. Are you going to give us that kind of scoop as well? Totally. Um, Okay, good. Because that's the stuff I'm like, oh, I hope that there's a lot of play and a lot of levity between them, right? So much play. So much play. Like we don't just sit around having these deep conscious conversations, you know? Like we just, (laughs) I imagine that you're sitting on top of him. He's feeding you grapes while he's like, you know, touching your nipples. I'm just 
was like, it would be dark what chocolate. Is going on? Okay, okay, dark nipples. I just said dark nipples, dark chocolate. <laughs> but of course, I mean, if this is what you've been waiting for, there's got to be all of it, every oh color in the crayon well, box. Here, let me tell you this story. This this will make it super real, super fast. <laughs> okay, okay. So we're on, we're on. I love it. We're on day four of our Greece trip. Okay, I've just met him like four days ago, but we're already like so. We're just, it's just, we're so already so comfortable. And again, that's what I mean when it feels like home. We, I didn't have this feeling of fireworks and like, oh, I just want to jump them all the time. It wasn't that kind of extreme. It was, it home. was the whole, it was home. Mm. And in home, there's all kinds of feelings you feel in your home, right? And so we had gone out to, we were with a bunch of other people and us and another couple went and got pizza. And, um, the other woman was kind of going through some stuff and, and I wasn't really protecting myself energetically and I pick up other people's anxiety in my body if I'm not careful. That combined with pizza, which is like a dairy gluten <laughs> nightmare for me. Yeah. We get back and we're being you know all intimate and, and start making out and I'm like, so gassy. I'm about to die. And I'm like, try, and I'm like trying to hold it in. I'm like, you're brand new. Yes. I hope this is not something else. Oh shit. I'm like, shit, what do I do? And I just stop and I'm like, look, Steph, I'm so sorry, but my stomach is a mess. I don't know if I have diarrhea or I just have major gas. And it was like a hotel room. So anything I did in the bathroom, he's going to be here. Right. And so he's like, no, it's okay. He's like, look, I'll go out on the balcony. I'll put music on if you want. Super loud out there. I'll close the door. (laughs) Just do your thing. Whatever you need to do, and so no, it's not laying naked, feeding grapes <laughs> all the time. There's been like a realness, and that's you know that's that's another thing. Like, I mean, again, this is a silly example, but do you know how many men I've held in, like when I, my stomach has felt bad and like held in mm-hmm. feeling bad or held in gas or whatever, just because I didn't want to be like. You know, I wanted to look a certain way, and that's another reason I knew this was my person. Didn't let them see the authentic. Right, didn't let them see the authentic. I didn't feel safe enough, right? Yeah, yeah. And so it's like this is how I knew I was to a point where I was I was surrendered. I was willing to be me, and then I was with somebody I felt safe with. Is is like, yeah, my stomach hurts, and like you need to go outside right now. And being able to do that on day four. That's good feedback. Oh, so good. You know, it's so funny. I was obviously um, stalking your Instagram, which I've been following you for a very long time anyway. But there was this very remarkable post. And I have a lot of friends that were in your group that were in that on that trip. Uh, Um, And so I, you know, my whole feed was basically everybody in in Mykonos uh, (laughs) for a good week. And, um, but there was this one particular photo that you posted on July 8th and you wrote getting my Greek goddess on Mm. and you've got the paint and you've got your hair back and you're just like this beautiful shot. Steph is not anywhere in the picture, but there's this, this glow about you. And I, I just remember thinking something is happening. Now you never announced him. It was, you know, not this like big thing, but it was just very clear. And then I know it was felt. This is why energy is so powerful, right? We can be talking to our the man that we want to be calling in, ladies, right now. Mm-hmm. So true. We will feel it because there's no mistake that all of your followers felt that too. You may not know this. You got like triple the likes and it's the highest amount of likes that I've ever seen you get. <laughs> not that I'm counting numbers, but it was so remarkable to me as, you know, and as I'm prepping for this interview, I'm like, let's just check out her social media and what are others responding to? And I was like, oh everybody responded to the same one that I was so blown away by. Now I've come to find out that was probably the day that you had the almost near diarrhea ex. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> I'm looking at what I was wearing. I'm like, is that the day? <laughs> 
couple of days after that. Yep. It looks like, you know, I think it already, it already passed through you. I think you look relieved there. <laughs> that's hilarious. No, but like, right. But like, that's the energy and the glow and the freedom of just knowing that you're freaking home. And okay. So now that we've prepared, prepared ourselves like we know more about like like go off the god dang list like burn the vision board or whatever don't burn it but like you can let go of all that of your type your non-type all the mental garbage that just holds us back right yep. get really clear move your body find the things that make you feel connected to your body you know with sensuality and whatever that might mean it might be something as simple as like you said going and putting your bare feet in the grass um but now you're here and it's a couple of months old. How do you continue to harness it and nurture it so you don't fuck it up? Oh gosh. I think it's just, it's that, it's the same thing that you do in any aspect of your life, right? You, you value growth as the number one thing. Mm. You know, you're a different person every day and you choose. Steph and I talk about this. It's like, we choose each other every day. Just like we choose how we're going to feel every day. We choose our mindset every day. We, we choose, there's what happens and there's what we choose to respond to it. So, you know, I'm going to continue growing. I'm going to continue surrendering. I'm going to continue to, to enjoy me. You know, and that's the thing. Like in, in relationship, I think it's super important to remain a sovereign being. You know, to have to, mm. to have you, to have the other person, and then there's this third thing that's the relationship. Mm. It's easy, especially when you're kind of in that everyone, you know, that quote unquote honeymoon period, to fall into the other person. Mm-hmm. So that's something we've been super aware of too, especially in spending so much time together. Is all right, like we we love us and it's amazing. And how do we how do we tend to ourselves as well and keep doing the practices that drew each other in? You know, mm. keep doing those in our individual life and then create new practices together as a couple. Because that's, that's anyone listening, you know that when you, when you have your rituals and your practices that make you feel good, life changes. And we get into coupledom and we don't set up new rituals and practices to keep it, to, to keep it healthy. So true, which is the very thing they were drawn to. Exactly. Which is the very thing that allowed you to be optimized enough to be ready, truly ready for it, that you created the opening. Okay, so that brings us actually as we near the end of this, what are some of those rituals and routines that you still continue to do to keep yourself so open to nurturing this? Yes. So my own rituals and routines are, you know, my own morning meditation practice, um, my own time with my friends, my Mm -hmm. own time with my coaches and my healers and, you know, the people that I you know, go to. It's like a lot of, you know, my coaches and things like that. I was talking about, all right, drawing in a relationship, those kind of things. But just because he's here doesn't mean I'm going to stop talking to them, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. so continuing to have that external support, not relying on him as my sole source of pleasure, you know, continuing, and I don't just mean sexually, but continuing to enjoy my body on my own. In, in the different ways that what that is and my own spiritual practice and, and what that looks like and, and health and fitness and all that kind of stuff. So it's just, it's just doing the same things. It's just some of them now I share with him. Some I continue to do on my own. What would be an example of some of the things that you continue to do since we've spent so much time talking about, you know, your own personal pleasure without him necessarily being present for that? What right. would just a couple of those look like? Well, for me, just connecting to my body is really important. So like in the morning, touching my own body, um, just doing things that, that bring me pleasure, you know, taking a shower and like really enjoying it, all of those kinds of things, wearing things that feel good to me. Um, All the things that, again, like it's just all the things I was doing Mm. that were part of calling him in, just continuing to do them. 
Totally. I love that. I know I was thinking about that literally this morning. So last night when I went to bed, I'm like, how the hell could I ever have a man in my life at this point? I'm so busy. It's 1130. I haven't gotten to the to-do list. How could I really do sex right now? Like I had that thought. But then when I woke up in the morning, I'm like, oh wait, there's a timing for everything because I felt sensual. And I just allowed myself to kind of slither around the bed. And I've never spoken like huge in this podcast. And I kind of just, I didn't pleasure myself, but I touched myself. And I just like, I really- Pleasure. I appreciated my curves. Yeah. And because I, I quit smoking about eight months ago and I put on like 10 pounds, but I was like, oh, I love you, body. You're so strong. You're so healthy. And I was just like, and I was just allowing myself to move and to breathe a little bit differently. My breath deepened. And I thought, oh, oh, that's what this is. And I don't have to judge myself or shame myself that I, d- I couldn't have imagined it last night. Yes, exactly. You know? That's huge. Yes. That's huge. And what you described was is pleasure. Mm, okay, got it. Yep. Oh my God, yes, I'm on the right track. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And by the way, I'm looking at this little cute Hermes orange box and I'm like, does that count as my orange second chakra? <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. It counts for whatever you wanted to count for. I love, I love it. This has been such a great conversation, such a fulfilling conversation, um, oh. more than I could have hoped for. Um, I always end with the same question and I know a lot of podcasts um, hosts do, but for me, really the whole point of this is just to help people to get to a better sense of fulfillment. And for us, we're obviously talking about relationship, but how would you describe or define fulfillment for you personally? Oh gosh. You know, for me, fulfillment is living in total freedom to express and be who you truly are. I think the main reason that we don't fulfill this is feel fulfilled is because we're wearing masks. Mm-hmm. We're not taking the risks and having the courage to live into our full potential. So we feel like something's missing because we aren't living into our fullest expression. You know, we know that there's more to this body and this life and this mind and the emotions. Like we know that. We know as human beings how optimized we can be and how much pleasure and joy and impact we can create. And so fulfillment is just the, the total acceptance of that and giving ourselves the freedom to really go for it. I love that. It just so echoes one of my very favorite quotes from you, which is on your YouTube channel in a speech that you give. And you say, the people who are willing to have it all and by their definition of having it all are people willing to drop their story. They're the people who are moving from their heart more than their head. The people who are working every day to move out of fear and into love. Mm. It's so beautiful. And I remember I I literally rewound and watched that three different times because you were so coming from your heart. That was long before stuff was in your life. Mm. I feel like you really have been preparing for him. Yeah. Next level of what we've talked about here, which is now going to be the work that you're really um, highlighting and teaching is just so needed. So I just salute you for um, stepping into this and being an example for so many. And I can only imagine that like your signature retreat is just going to be a whole. Oh, I can't wait. I'm like, shit, when does that open? Let's go. Yeah, It's open now. It's in March. Oh my goodness. Yes. Oh, well, I'll definitely be looking into that girlfriend. Um, okay. So for those who would like to know about your products, your services, your retreats, coaching, where can we, where's the best resource to find that? Best place, christinehassler.com. You can sign up for my free coaching assessment and then all the retreats and all that are on there. You know, people know how to navigate a website. You'll, you'll find it. <laughs> 
awesome. if, if you have any questions, just email Jill at ChristineHassler.com. And then my podcast over at Non With It is where I coach people live on the air. So that's another way to get a taste of, of what the work that I do. So, and thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. Oh yeah, no, I, it's on, I have like 10 podcasts that I listen to just, I mean, real faithfully and yours is in them. Oh. And I, yeah. And I'm always like, where's the one on stuff? Where's the next one? So now it's I know. Coming. It's coming September um, well, I thank you so much for taking the time and sharing uh, your story for the first time publicly. I feel so, so oh. special and um, I hold it sacred in my heart and uh, I know that I will be seeing you again, my friend. So thank yes. you again for your time. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And I can't wait to hear your update soon. I know, I know. <laughs> well, I'll probably have to come on to your show and talk about it. Like I'll have a coaching session. Perfect, perfect. Oh, oh you're amazing. Thank you, you so much. You are too, love. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Okay, bye. Okay, take care, bye. Hey guys, thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard today, please share it with a friend and you can head on over to iTunes to leave me a review. That would be so appreciated. And of course, if you'd like to reach me directly with any comments, questions, or feedback, you can do so at themindsetmashup.com. Thanks again for listening and I look forward to hearing from you.